Why is venture capitalism both critically important for our economy and a terrible idea for most individual investors? And how do Wall Street's retail investments like stocks and mutual funds force you into the venture capital business even if you don't want to be there? I'm Brian Ellis. I'll tell you right now in episode number 74. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Hello, my friends. Just the mention of the term venture capitalist brings to mind images of wealthy investors who put their capital up to fund a company, usually a tech company in particular, and as a result become filthy rich because they were smart enough to pick the best horse to bet on. Does that happen? Absolutely. Yes, it does. Online auction titan eBay is a great example. It went from a tiny, unfunded startup all the way to being listed on the Fortune 500, and the venture capital funding it received was a truly central element to that success. Clearly, there's opportunity in venture capital funding. So should you get involved in funding startup companies? Getting to that answer is pretty simple. Let's apply the S3 investing model criteria of simple, safe, and strong. First, let's clarify. It's more likely that you, as an individual rather than as part of a venture capital firm, would be involved in what's called angel financing. But at the core, it's very similar, the difference being that people who provide angel funding are usually individuals or small groups of individuals rather than dedicated venture capital firms. Other than that, the basic idea is the same. A startup company needs funding, and they want to use your money for that purpose. So issue number one, is it simple? Whether a particular angel funding opportunity is simple is clearly a function of the specific business that you're considering funding. Where simplicity is concerned, the S3 standard is this. Can you explain the basic idea to your spouse or your mother-in-law or some guy at the bar in 30 seconds or less in such a way that they understand and are made curious about the idea? This criteria is really all about you. You see, I believe that your investment portfolio should, for the most part, be focused into areas that you understand. While this absolutely will limit your available investment options to things that you already understand or can easily figure out, having that type of working knowledge of the asset into which you're investing makes it far more likely that you'll make a good decision to begin with rather than being sucked into a deal that sounds sexy, but is too complex for you to evaluate properly. And it's not just the product, service, or market of the business that needs to be simple. The structure of your investment deal needs to be simple, too. You see, in the angel financing world, your capital contribution could be structured in many different ways. Your capital may purchase an outright share of ownership in the company. Your capital may be a simple loan or bond. You may get a hybrid of the two in the form of a convertible bond. Whatever the structure of your investment is, do you really understand it? The way that you invest your capital and the way you realize your profit should be simple enough for the 30-second explanation rule as well. The bottom line on simplicity? At its core, angel and VC funding is pretty complicated. Well, what about safety? Will your capital be safe as an angel investor? Wow, the short answer is probably not. Think about this from the perspective of large venture capital firms. These firms have huge amounts of funding and are able to do extraordinary amounts of due diligence to determine the viability of a company before they invest in those companies. VC firms are essentially professional business evaluators, and they're very, very good at it. Despite that, about three out of every four VC-backed startup companies fail, according to the Wall Street Journal. And that's with the overwhelming resources that most of these firms have to do due diligence into their investment targets. Do you think it's likely that you, as an individual with far fewer due diligence resources, will be able to make better informed decisions? Not likely, my friends. 
So where safety is concerned, VC funding, and by extension, angel funding, gets a huge fail for safety. And then the final consideration, can you get a strong return from VC funding? Well, the story becomes more interesting here. If the answer is, can you have a huge home run and make a lot of money from doing venture capital funding? The answer is absolutely yes. But here's the thing about it, my friends. The deck is stacked strongly against you. That's because the basic model for VC firms is this. For every 10 companies they fund, they hope that one of them will be a huge smashing success. As for the remainder, it's likely that two or three will end up reasonably, though not overwhelmingly successful, and the rest, six or seven of those 10 companies, will fail. VC firms know this, and it's their hope that by experiencing very huge wins with a small number of companies, that they can do well enough to overshadow the losers and the average performers in order to bring in a massive overall return on investment. So the bottom line is this. It's not likely that you, as an individual, have the economy of scale to be able to fund enough deals to find the one massive home run. And without that massive home run, what you're left with is a portfolio comprised mostly of companies that will fail or, at very best, perform at rather average levels. And even with that grand slam, apparently the return on investment is pretty low. The Kauffman Foundation has been investing in VC firms for more than 20 years, and when it analyzed returns over the long term, they discovered that VC firms were returning 1.31 times their investment amounts. That's the same as a 31% profit. That would be great if that number was for a single year of investment. But invariably, VC funding goes on for much, much longer than a year. So 31% over many years is pretty pathetic. I can show you a lot of ways to beat that return while taking much, much less risk. So even though there is potential for a huge home run as a venture capitalist or angel investor, judging from the statistics, I'd have to say that the answer to the question of will you enjoy a strong return is a high probability no. So why does this matter to you if you're not considering investing your portfolio into a VC firm or an angel deal? Here's why. The stock market is really nothing more than the way that venture capital firms use to cash themselves out of their investments, the good ones and the less good ones, so that their risk is eliminated and transferred. To whom is that risk transferred? You as an investor in stocks. Just think about it. Who profits when a company goes public on the stock exchanges? The answer is clear. Early investors. Who are those early investors? To a large degree, the answer is venture capital firms. They understand that if they can invest into a company and build it quickly enough, they can then have a huge payday by selling it to the public, which takes the VCs out of the equation entirely. And what happens to the value of that company, as represented by the price of the stock on the exchanges, is something that no longer affects them. That's how Wall Street essentially forces you into the venture capital business. Many of the companies listed on the exchanges are there largely because those firms were no longer useful to hold in the portfolio of a VC firm, so the VC firm exited those deals by selling stock to the public. And Wall Street, in its infinite kindness, gives you, the individual investor, the opportunity to own what's left over after the VCs are done. That's what purchasing stocks or mutual funds frequently ends up as, the leftovers. So believe it or not, I'm not actually trashing the VC industry. It's really quite a critical part of our economy, and I'm grateful they exist. I really am. But you, you're an individual investor. So am I. We're not venture capitalists. For you, every single dollar invested must count. You must respect your own capital. It represents your blood, sweat, and tears. It re represents your future. It may even represent the financial security of future generations. It must be respected. And plowing your capital into an arena where the failure rate is 75% just doesn't make the grade, if you respect your own capital. So that's all for today, my friends. Are you a member of the free self-directed investor private email group? If not, join today because I've got some great content coming soon that will only be shared with that group and not on this podcast. So to join for free, 
Just text the word SDI Radio to 33444. Again, text the word SDI Radio, no spaces or periods, to 33444. As always, my friends, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 